How fortunate are we? I mean, really. Our kids' ministry, I don't know about, I have kids that are in our kids' ministry, and, and I don't know about you, parents, and whatever, and kids that are sitting down, but every week, my kids come home, and they go, like Lainey, my now five-year-old, weird to say, um, my, my five-year-old came home and said, Dad, and she tells me her Bible verse. She knows it off the top of her head. Sabila, same thing, fifth grader, tells me the Bible verses. And, that, and, and it's so heartwarming because what, what do we know? Why, you know? why do a lot of parents bring their kids, why do a lot of parents even come to church? It's because they want their kids to be raised in church. Parents maybe even go, it's not even really for me. It's I want my kids to be brought up in the right way. I want my kids to be raised in church. And so what we find a lot of times is parents will pick a church based on what's best for their kids. And, uh, and so what a beautiful thing to know that our kids are in this amazing learning environment. And they're hungry, and I don't know if you heard them, but they're shouting out the things. My guess is many of them have come home to you and said, hey, I know this Bible verse. And if you're a parent that's, that has kids in there, I would encourage you, go ask them, hey, what, what was your Bible verse this week? You know, the other thing that we've been doing is, um, you know, Obviously, they all said they had iPads or they used their parents' phone all the time. And so um, there's a parent cue for, for kids' ministry. It goes, it has helpful hints for us parents that maybe don't know exactly what we're supposed to do with our kid every night. You can look at your parent, that parent cue, this little app on your phone, and it guides you through it. And my five-year-old loves it. She's like, every day, it's maybe your excuse to use mom's phone, but she's like, mom, can I look at the parent thing? Can I look at the parent thing? And so she'll look at that because she wants to, she wants to see it and she wants to know it. And, and it's a neat, neat thing. So if you don't have it, you can download that app. It's $1.99 and it is awesome. And our kids are so blessed because this is, this is what we're doing. We're training up our kids the right way. You know, Luke, um, got up there and Luke is Corey and Miriam Crandall's son. And, you know, i thought it was great that he said, you know, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has eternal value because Corey's Mr. Fit and Mr. Everything. And so I've been using that one a lot lately. You know, Chad Sipes is another guy who works out nonstop and he's big rip Baywatch guy, you know, goes to the church retreat, oils his body up, the whole thing, all veins, does push-ups, the whole thing. And so my nickname for him is Baywatch because that's really, and I don't know where he is, but he's here somewhere. Chad, where you at? You want to flex for us? Just, you know. <laughs> that bad boy is still bigger than you. So, but anyway, I've been using that on all my friends that, you know, all their New Year's resolutions and, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to get in better shape. And my buddy Rusty just challenged me into the Warrior Dash and Rusty and Amanda are doing the Warrior Dash and, you know, trying to make me feel bad because I'm not a warrior and, you know, so I, I, I emailed back and said I couldn't do it that day because I'm actually going to be running the Nashville Rock and Roll Marathon that weekend. I'm getting my 26.2 mile sticker in my dreams, um, but nonetheless, it's like this, so I've been using it all month. Oh yeah, well, physical training is of some value, but godliness has eternal value, so I'm going after godliness, sorry, you know, I'm not working out three hours a day like some. But in that, it's like, you know, when, I don't know about you, but sometimes, do you ever wish, like when you look at your life and in that first illustration where the rocks are pouring out, does that feel like you? I mean, I got eight kids, so, and, and, and two jobs, and 
I feel like sometimes everything is like bubbling over. You know, like I rush home from work to rush to soccer games, to rush to this meeting, to rush to that. And it feels like sometimes life is just bubbling over. And I don't know about you. I don't know if that's how your life feels. I don't know if you are sitting here and you, you find yourself in this rat race going, I don't even know why I'm doing the things I do. You know, some of you ever wish you could just kind of dump all the contents of your life out and reorder it, start over? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah? Here's the thing. You can. There's nothing you are doing that you are forced to do. You know, all this, you know, I think it's interesting. I've had a lot of conversations about, you know, kids that have anxiety issues. And, and I think part of the issue is us as parents, the pace we're keeping, the pace we're keeping our kids is not healthy for us, let alone them. They weren't made to be on the run all the time. They weren't made to be overstimulated 24 hours a day. We weren't made that way, and neither were they. We have a much greater capacity to take all this in and, and have bigger shoulders, but the kids, it's not healthy. And it's bubbling up all around us. It's bubbling up in us as adults, it's bubbling up in the kids, because we're keeping a pace that's not healthy. And so in that, part of today is we, we've been in a series this month called Making Room for Life, and, and today it's about the ordered life. And uh, in Making Room for Life last week, we talked about you need to have people in your life that are mighty. You know, David had mighty men that when all of Israel retreated, they stood and fought and God brought victory. And you need to have those people in your life that are mighty, that are wise, that are discerning, that, that trust God and believe God, that will pray in the, in, on your behalf, that will fight on your behalf. You need to have those people. And, and we talked about last week, the perfect place to find those people is to get involved in a life group and be surrounded by people that aren't going to stand and fight. Circles are better than rows, remember? When we're, in, when we're in life groups, and we've got people that are all, they know what's going on in your life, they know how to fight for you. And, that, and that's a big deal. And this week, we're talking about making room for life is the ordered life. And one of the things that kind of inspired it for me was, I had a conversation with my kids earlier in January. Um, I'm not a New Year's resolution guy, but I asked my kids, what are three goals that you have for this year? What are three goals things that you want to accomplish this year. And I'm not asking for your goals because I want to, you know, hold you accountable and, you know, really rub it in your face when you're not meeting them. No, I want to know so that I can help you. I can encourage you. I can help you and I can celebrate when you hit them. That's why I want to know. The other thing I said to him is I said, what's one thing that you, that you need to stop doing this year? What's one thing that you need to stop doing? And I think today for church, for you, that's what today is about. It's about you need to stop doing some things. There's things in your life that you just need to go, I'm not just going to let my life control me. I'm not going to let all these things control my life. I'm going to put things in order the way that God wants and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do those things, and I'm going to say no to some things. I'm going to say no to some things that are, are fine things. They're, they're, they're not bad things, 
but I may need to say no to him for something better. For something better. If you got your Bibles, turn in Luke. Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, um, Jesus had just come and, and, and they had stopped by this home of Mary and Martha. And it's a, it's a story that if you've been going to church for a long time, you probably know some of it. Um, but Mary and Martha, were Jesus was close to them. And they stopped by and starting in verse 38, it says, Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I don't know about you, but some, just reading those words, you know, in, in verse 41, I'm going to read it again. Because I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get caught up in this cycle of Martha where I feel like I've got to do all this stuff and I'm constantly, got, I've got this to do, this to do, this to do. And it's, the, you know, I, there's a book out called The Tyranny of the Urgent. And the urgent is always, it's like this scramble to get all this stuff done. You know, I got to do this, and oh, this popped up, and I got to do this, and I got to do this. And, and so I feel like sometimes, that, like, you know, I feel like Martha, where I'm just constantly running, scrambling to get stuff done. And so Jesus' words are particularly penetrating when he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Personalize that. Is God saying, Scott, Scott, you are worried about many things. But really, only one thing matters. So quit worrying about all that other stuff. Just choose what's better. Choose what is better. You know, and the thing about your life is, I don't know about you, but you, I mean, you're spending your whole life, whatever it looks like in that sand equation and rock equation, you're spending your whole life. So in order for you to say, yes to something else, you have to say no to something. So in order for you to reprioritize, you need to dump some of the contents of your life out and put the right things in place first. And I don't know about you, I'm a list, I'm not a list guy, okay? Because every time I write down a things to do list, I'm overwhelmed and all I want to do is sit down and eat donuts or something. I mean, it's like ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I have good intentions. I sit there with that stupid notepad and I'm writing down and all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh yeah, I got to do that. I got to get, I got to work out. I got to, you know, I got to get this and I got to, and, and by the time I'm done, it's like two pages long and it's idiotic. I'm like, I can't even do this. I, I don't even want to try. Can't do it. So I don't want you in the room to get to that point. I don't want you to feel that today. That is not what today is about. Okay. I don't want you to feel that way at all. What I want you to do is I want you to go, what's something I need to give up for something that's better. 
You know, Jesus, when he was walking on the earth, he walked up to these disciples and he, and he would say, Peter, come follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Peter was a fisherman. And Jesus would walk up to these guys on the street and he'd say, hey, come follow me. And every one of them, he didn't give them a laundry list of life about what they were going to have to do to, in order to follow him. He just said, come follow me. But the one thing that every one of them had to do was they had to leave something behind. In order to follow him, they had to stop doing something. So in, 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 in this case, like Peter, for example, Peter, in order to follow, had to quit being a fisherman. He just left. So he left his way of life behind. And for you in this room, I think what Jesus is saying to you through this passage is in this case, Mary has what's right. She was sitting at the Lord's feet. And that was most important. So for you, what is it going to take? What do you need to give up so that you can sit at the Lord's feet? Because no matter what is happening in your life, it says in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Everything else will fall into place. So what do you need to do in your life? What do you need to give up? What do you need to stop doing in order to make room for something that's more important? Because this, in this case, this isn't going to be squeezing something else in. You need to stop doing something. And it may mean, it may, it may be a big give up for you. Maybe you need to stop watching Scandal. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe you need to stop watching The Bachelorette. Maybe you need to stop watching whatever shows you watch, okay? Maybe you need to stop staring at the, the phone screen for, you know, we figured it up in my household. My two girls, I think, are at 20 hours a week, okay? 168 total hours in a week, 56 sleeping, maybe, right? Seven, hours, seven days a week, eight hours a day, okay? 30, 35 in school, and they were spending 20 hours a week watching some dumb video. Wow. And that doesn't benefit your life. So what are the things in your life you need to stop doing in order to make room for the things that are better, that are more important? And I hope that, you know, something, God's stirring in you that there's something that you need to stop. Because that is the most important thing today. One of the things that I'm, and here's what I'm going to ask for everybody in the room. Here's the deal. And I don't know where you're at in your spiritual journey, but here's the thing. Scott next week is going to be laying out the new life group format for everybody here at church. And part of that is the new life group format is going to follow the church service, but it's also got a new Bible reading element every week. There's a, it's called the 2020 plan. And the goal is that you're going to hit five days a week, 20 verses, 20 minutes a day. Okay. And he's going to lay it all out and he's going to show you how it works. And it's, and you're really going to be like, man, this is cool. I like this. Okay. It, it, it is awesome. So what I'm asking you to do in this room is I'm asking you to figure out what it is you need to cut out of your life so that you can make that part of your life. What is it that in your life you need to stop doing so that you can say yes to what's more important, the most important thing, sitting at the Lord's feet, reading his word, praying to him. That is what Mary did, sitting at the Lord's feet. Don't be Martha, Martha, 
running around, scurrying around, trying to do everything, be all things to all people, be everything to everybody. Do the most important thing. You know, Neil McClendon last week in in one of his messages I was listening to, he said, he was talking to parents and he said, is the spiritual health and well-being of your kids as important as their academic and sports achievements? Because you run your kids all over the world and you press them and push them to learn more and more and get good grades and do this and this. And, and you push them to think that they're going to be a professional athlete someday and your whole family is consumed with running around with sporting activities. Are you as concerned about the spiritual health and well-being of your kids? Because it's the most important. And I think if you go at this... Is it just like Jesus when he said to the disciples, come follow me? And he didn't give them a sheet of, you must do these things in order to do that. I think Jesus knew this one thing, was that if they came and followed me, and they saw what I'm really about, and they got to be near me and experience me, they're going to want more of that. And that's the thing about you, is that I don't want you to sit here and look at your life and go, oh, it's all jacked up. Because your life's not all jacked up. You just got some things that are out of order. And if you would put that first thing, sitting at the feet of Jesus, reading the 2020 plan every morning, spending time praying, asking God for direction in your life, then everything else is going to fall into place. And you know what? The beauty of it is, that's the only thing that I'm asking you to commit to today, is Cut something out of your life so that you can make room for that 20 or 30 minutes a day and whatever hour and a half it takes for life group. Figure out what to do to cut those things out of your life because I think that once you do that, you're going to get a taste of things. You're going to see Jesus in new ways and the power of what he is all about, the power of his Holy Spirit, the power of what he's going to show you is going to make you want more. And I think that God is going to be amazingly gracious. You know, one of the things about God is that God doesn't sit here and fire hose me with all the things that are messed up in my life. God is gracious, and he, and he gives me these things one at a time that he wants me to work on. So in your life, what is the thing that you are going to say no to in order to say yes to the better thing? And part of that is going to be signing up for a life group. Part of that is next week, Scott will lay it all out. He's got the 2020 journals that you get, you can fill out. We're going to be handing those out next week along with the reading plans. I'm asking you to say no to something so you can say yes for something better. And today you're going to have that option. Today you're going to have that opportunity. And don't, don't just walk out. You know, you are in control of your rat race. No one's forcing you to run all over. Even though you kind of feel like you're out of control, you're the one choosing this as an adult. So it's time to say no. It's time to take charge and let God have his rightful place so that everything else will fall into place. So today we've got a table over there that um, where you can sign up for life groups. We've got a bunch of new life group leaders and we've got a bunch um, so there's new sheets out there and here's the deal. last week I think that I must have de- done a poor job communicating okay because uh, there was some confusion last week 
we had, we had these sheets sitting in the chairs, okay? It was a life group sign-up sheet. And last week what I said was that I wanted anybody that's not involved in a life group to fill it out, fill out everything on there so that we have accurate information and put down who you'd want to be in life group with so that we could get you paired up in a life group. And, any, and I also wanted you to sign up on this if you are in a life group currently so that we could get current information on you because a lot of the new format is going to be you're going to get it offline. If, you're not, if you miss church, you're going to have to get it off the, off the internet, off, the, off our website or, or uh, through different links, okay? Because it's a week-by-week week thing, and it's going to be awesome. So in this, here's, here's what I, these, these sign-ups last week, we still have them, and they are, they are being used. We also have the sign-up sheets because I know everybody is used to that. Please go after the service is over and over at the table and sign up for a life group. And what we're asking you to do, we really don't want these groups to get to 30 and plus people. So what we're asking you to do is please maybe take a risk. Go to, go to a group that isn't your normal group. You know, your tight-knit little group. We don't want you to be stuck in, the, in, a, in a big group. We want you to be in a smaller group so that you, because it, it benefits everybody. It gives everybody opportunity to speak and, you, and it gives everybody an opportunity to learn and grow. And it gives me an opportunity and everybody else an opportunity to get to know you better so that I can know how to be mighty in your life, so I can know how to fight on your behalf. That's what we want in these groups. So in that, just to be clear, the sign-up sheets are over there, the traditional sign-up sheets. If you haven't ever been in a life group, we still want you to fill some of these sheets out so that we can get all your information, and they are over on that table, okay? So today, again, please say no to something for some, so you can say yes to something better. Don't be like Martha, just scurrying through life, frustrated. Be like Mary. And get the right thing first. Today, we also, I want you to, as, as we're leaving today, we've got, right before we leave, we've got uh, Courtney and Alyssa, Courtney Buttress and Alyssa Hicks are going to come up. And um, we have a, for all of you prayer warriors, we have a group of people from our church coming back from Jamaica today that are traveling. And we just encourage you to pray. they got a long day ahead. They're not going to be getting in until real late tonight. And then Courtney and Alyssa, where are you at? Come on up. Courtney and Alyssa are going to come on up. And any, any friends of Courtney and Alyssa, come on up here too. Come on up. You, family, you can come up if you want, however. But here's the deal. Courtney and Alyssa, they're 21 years old. And they are like daughters to me. They're very near and dear to my heart. Um, they've been around my family forever. And they've been a big part of this church and our student ministry. Courtney and Alyssa are going on a mission trip to Peru. Alyssa is actually studying abroad because she's smart um, and she's learning all the Spanish and Courtney is just amazingly smart in every way. Courtney is dumb like she said but in any event they're going to Peru and they're going to do some powerful things. God's going to do some powerful things in their life and, uh, and, and we believe in prayer and we believe in the power of prayer. And, and so what, what we're, what we're going to do is we're going to pray over them. I know their parents are especially nervous and, uh, and anxious about them leaving. And so we are going to pray for them and we're going to ask God. And, uh, and we want you to repeatedly over the next, how many months are you guys going to be on? 
Oh, six. Wait, I'm really confused now. Six, 11, 10, nine and a half. You're going to have a baby? What is the deal? Nine and a half months? What's the deal? That that is not the goal. That is not what we're praying for. I'll be gone for 11 months. It is true that I, I, I heard a rumor that all these Peruvian men really were, you know, keep moving. Oh, okay. I'm supposed to keep moving. Anyway, but in all this, in all this, we want you to pray for them as they go. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for what you're doing in their life. God, we pray a hedge of protection around Courtney and Alyssa. And God, we pray for the power, the full measure power of your Holy Spirit to dwell within them and that they would walk in that, that they would trust that, that they would know that when you, it says in your word that my sheep hear my voice and they know me. And God, I pray that they would know your voice and that it would drown out, your voice would be so piercing and cutting, it would drown out everything else. God, I pray that you would give them wisdom to know what it is you want. Give them discernment, give them strength, give them endurance, give them perseverance, Lord. We just ask that you would, through the power of your spirit, just move mightily in people and the people that they encounter. And God, I pray that that what people would go, you know, I don't, I don't even understand what they're saying, but there's something about them that connects with me. God, I pray that you would just show yourself in amazing ways. I pray that you would be what you are, and that's awesome. We love you and pray in your name. Amen. Thank you, guys. So, again, please pray for them. And, and, and lastly, as we're getting ready to leave, At TPX, those same students asked all of the students in TPX, which is TPX is our student ministry, 6th grade to 12th grade, they asked all the students, what's one thing we can pray for you? Okay? And these students wrote out on these little things what, how you could pray for them. Because we've been talking about in, in the services and talking about in TPX about the power of prayer. You know, in the, the songs we sing, there's power in the name of Jesus. And, you know, I, I got, Jeremy sent me the list of prayer requests earlier this week. And it was humbling. I mean, these are good. I mean, one says, I need prayer for a growing fear that will not go away. I pray and hope it will end. Another says, priorities, too many irons in the fire as a teenager. Another one says, please pray for my anxiety and my family. My parents are fighting a lot, and my brother is struggling too. Another one says, pray for my relationship with my dad. Another one says, pray that my dad would be saved. There is a whole bag of these sticks. And if you are a person who wants to, and they're all their own handwriting, no names on them, if you are a person who will commit and not just say you're going to do it, it's got a magnet on it and everything, if you're a person who will commit to do this and you can put it up on your refrigerator as a reminder to pray for these people, Pray for our students. In this thing is a, is a lot of real life. And there is some unbelievable maturity in some of these. 
I mean, the things that some of these kids asked for prayer on was outstanding. I mean, outstanding. And so if that's the case and you are somebody who will commit to that and will pray, I'm going to have this bag up here. And uh, please come up and grab one. And let's, let's be a church that not only just says that we believe in the power of prayer, but lives it out. Let's be a church that's going to do what we say we're going to do. Let's be a church that's going to say no to lesser and say, so we can say yes to the better. Let's carve out time to put the right things first. And that's put him first. And let's, let's pray for these students. So, again, as you're, as you're leaving, please sign up for a life group. Take a chance. I know, I know it can be uncomfortable when you don't know a lot of people, but you know what? It is going to be so worth it. Anybody that's taken the chance has not gone away, you know, missing something. Say yes to the better. Sign up. Where else are you going to have people around you that are in this battle of life with you? Where else are you going to be able to celebrate all the great things God's doing in your life? Take the chance. Go sign up at the tables, and, and uh, thanks for coming. Have a great week.